Well, look at this. You're here and I'm pleased because I really dig your company. Hey guys, it's me, Danny, and you're listening to the Just Saying Podcast. All right, let's start the conversation off. Do you know Naomi Osaka? She is the number two tennis player in the world. Um, I think that uh, some of us may know her from recently. Not, not too long ago, there was a match between her and Serena Williams, and she beat Serena Williams. Okay, and there was like there was like a big clip that was going around when when uh, Naomi was crying, and um, Serena was comforting her. Okay, now she's in the news because she, being the number two player, is supposed to be was um, set to play in the French Open. Big tournament, huge, okay? She then put out a statement saying that she wasn't going to do any of the pre-interviews. I believe it was the pre-interviews. I'm not sure about the post, but definitely the pre-interviews because she wanted to protect her mental mental health. Now, this was very big because when it came, the story came out, when the when the post came out, it was at the end of Mental Health Awareness Month, which was last month. And so, you know, there was a lot of conversation about it. People were just, she, she basically said that she's an introvert and she usually wears her headphones a lot, like, you know, when she's out and things to keep her calm. And so she didn't want to let the interviewers get into her head before a game for her mental health, mostly because a lot of the interviewers knowingly or because of the typical way that you know the history of interviewing athletes is they they try to put doubt in your mind before big games okay and she doesn't want any of the that doubt she doesn't want people questioning her ability or questioning her thoughts of her abilities and those type of things and then you know just because when you're when you're a woman they the, the interviewers will also you know try to pick on that even more and because she is a woman of color just just sorry but but people aren't as nice this brought me to the memory of back in the day when venus was a young girl probably somewhere between 11 and 13 years old and she was being interviewed and this clip you can find on the youtubes or the internet go ahead on and look for it it is um this interviewer kept asking Venus a question about winning but he wasn't asking her could she win he basically was asking her you know why does she think she could win and she kept saying you know she was talking about she believes in her ability she believes in herself and then he kept saying yeah but like what makes you think you could win it was like that type of thing okay and the reason why this clip was so famous was because her father jumps in and says, and you want to stop this. You want to stop this line of questioning. She has already told you that she believes that she can win. You are now trying to put doubt in this young child's mind, and that is not okay. If somebody tells you the answer, don't keep on coming around it. Don't try to keep on changing the wording of the question to try to get a different answer. The answer is she believes she can win, and we're going to leave it at that. And that was a very powerful moment because one, 
it did teach people that it's okay to, you know, just continually have your confidence. But it also showed like a dad showing up for his daughter and then a black dad showing up for his daughter. It was a, it was a wonderful clip to see back then because, you know, we uh, most of us is of a certain age here. But also even now, like in this age, which brings me back to Naomi, where these younger generations, they are just kind of, they're more into the mental health than we were when we were coming up. It was not as normalized as it is today to have a healthy mental state. You know, most of, most of what we were taught was just kind of like push through, you got it, you know, keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing. Don't let nobody see you sweat. And it's just, these kids are like, no, I'm not going to allow you to put me in situations. And I'm surely not going to put myself in situations where push through is the only way because the truth is is that I've seen my parents I've seen my grandparents and the push through really did not help them in the long run and so these young younger generations are just like look we that's not what we're going to do what we're going to do is we're going to go head on and say what I need for my mental health I'm going to declare it definitively and then you know y'all gonna have to work around that so that's what Naomi did right she also said that she was going to go ahead and post her, uh, not post, but pay her fine that would come with it. Because if you don't understand how sports work, most of the sport um, organizations require the players to do these interviews. And if they don't do the interviews, there is a fine to pay. Okay, so Naomi was saying, I'm okay with paying the fine. I'm just not doing the interviews. And uh, that got into a whole nother conversation. It's like, why do these people have to be fined because they don't want to talk to reporters? Like, why is it a requirement that they speak to reporters, especially when reporters are not being the most positive? And no, everybody does not have to be positive in your life. But if, if the understanding is that reporters are permitted to be negative why do I then have to talk to them pre-game if I don't want to if what I need to get myself into a space is to have some quiet and alone time and then go out there and you know do what I do that's that seems you know now I mean back in the day it was kind of a thing and now when I think about it I'm like that makes sense like that's weird because I know a lot of times when I need to do something and I don't play no sports and I'm not you know excelling excelling in the ways that these you know top athletes do or anything but even in my space in my world I need time to like pull it together before I go into some spaces if I had to pull it together before I went into some spaces before my you know career my name was on the line I don't think that I would want to talk to people who could potentially try to throw me off my block and I know people are like well that's part of it no it's not it shouldn't be there's lots of things that were part of the everything and now they should not be and so I really appreciate it, especially when you're playing um, solo sports, individual sports, when you're playing individual sports, right? Because if you are on a team, one of the advantages of being on a team is that you have other people to, you know, pick up and carry when you are slacking or if you are slacking. If you play an individual sport, it is just you, sis. Like, that's it. That's all that you're going to get. So if I start slacking, 
there is nobody there to, you know, call on it but me. And so that, you know, makes it even more important for me to be able to stay in my head, stay in my game, keep it going. And I just feel like I am glad that in this day and age, this young woman was able to feel like she could speak up about it. Now, we know there was some backlash from the tournament organization, the tennis organization. I don't know what it's called, the National Tennis Organization. I don't know what it's called. Because a couple of days later, Naomi put out another statement saying that she was pulling out of the French Open. Okay, I think that they were not okay and they were not going, they did not want it to sit well that she, you know, wanted to go ahead on and pay the fine. She knew that there was going to be some backlash from it. I believe that that was part of her statement, but the, at the end of the day, it was that to protect herself, she was so much, so much more, it was so much more important for her to protect herself and her mental health that she was like, I don't got to play in this tournament. Now that puts the tournament in a predicament because it's like, why now, now we have to evaluate why do, why are we okay with the the athletes not protecting their mental health? Is this something that you are willing to talk about and adjust for next year? And you're just saying like, because, you know, this is what we've already done and what we usually do. But for next year, we would we would like to visit this and have conversations that none of that was really seems like it was happening. It just was. She said, I'm going to pull out to protect myself. Forget about the fans. Don't worry about it. I just won't play. That puts the tournament in a predicament because now they got to get somebody else to play whoever she was supposed to be playing. Right. And that now leaves like an asterisk behind those games because whoever wins from that is like, are they the winner winner or are they just the winner because Naomi ain't there, you know? And so that puts another thing into it with the the, um, tennis place. Plus, it is going to make the other players look at how things have been handled. Now, there's a clip also with Serena saying that when she handles the way that she handles the reporters and when they want to try to talk negatively about her or to her is that she knows that nobody who's sitting in front of her could hold a candle to her and they like nobody could be her she already knows that she knows that nobody could even come close to beating her who would sit in front of her and talk to her so she handles it in that way but everybody doesn't have to handle it in that way and you know, Serena and Venus were trained by their father and they were given a a strength and a coping mechanism that maybe Naomi was never given. And neither one of them is the wrong way, but we handle our, our things in our own way. And that's the way that Naomi said that she was handling it. And whoever is not comfortable with that, that's a problem. What I hope that we learn from this is that in in all spaces, in and especially in some of our, you know, corporate labs or our everyday jobs, that we are a lot of times pushing too hard and forsaking our mental state for the the um, good of the company when we know at the end of the day 
it's too many memes, too many TikToks going around saying that the companies don't actually care about you at the end of the day. And so even though this was something that came at the end of the month, and so we didn't touch on this until right now, I do want to say, make sure you check for your mental health. And your company, you have to, if you need the day, take the day. They're going to have to figure it out because if you decided to quit and don't come back, the company will still function. I promise you they will. They will not crumble from your day off. I don't think, you know, I understand that companies, they have, you know, reprimanding, they will reprimand, um, reprimanding policies or whatever, but you still have to protect your mental health. I know for me, I worked at a job that was highly toxic. It had it had become highly toxic. It wasn't in the beginning. There was a moment in my in my career there where it it had become very toxic. And because the my home life was was not very um mentally supportive I was I was just feeling like I just need to push. I need to push here. I'm going to push there. I'm going to do it. I'm going to handle it. And I ended up getting very sick behind that. And because I wasn't taking care of myself, I I realized that I sh- I needed to go ahead on and take some time, right? So then um I I just didn't realize how much my mental health was not stable. I I I realize it now because you know, after the surgery or even right before the surgery, but these couple of months after the surgery, this these weeks, I've realized that like this is the least I've cried in a long time. And I know that that is because I wasn't mentally well. And so, you know, there are always different signs for different people, but I that is why I don't want to call out what your signs may be, but just know that if you need the day, if you need to take a weekend, Hell, sometimes you even need the week. You should do that. I know for some of us it's not easy because of finances and things like that. To you know, is it, it may even be impossible because of finances to take like a day or, um, you know, a week or a weekend or something. But maybe there is a day. Maybe you can you know figure out some hours or something. Reach out to somebody to express how you are feeling. Because your mental health is very important. And speaking up and advocating for yourself is what we want to learn from Naomi Osaka because she was advocating for herself. It was not somebody else that we heard said that she did something after she had a breakdown. It was actually this young woman speaking up for herself and showing us what it looks like to advocate for their own mental health. And I, for one, would like to think that I am now in a space that I am more comfortable for taking Um, a page out of her book and being able to speak up for myself and I would like to encourage you as well to do the same I am here to talk about this weight loss y'all know y'all gonna get a segment on it as long as this is a situation we're gonna talk about it I think I'm gonna talk about it for at least the whole first year because this is you know the journey so uh I had to buy a new new clothes. I didn't buy a lot of clothes. I had an event that I needed to go to, so I bought two, three new outfits and decided on one of them. I was not, once I got there, I wasn't pleased with the one that I wore only because, um, you know, I just don't feel that comfortable in my body, and there were situations that made me feel 
less comfortable than I typically am in my, in myself anyway. So, um, I, I did, I, I saw pictures and I didn't look bad, but I felt bad. And I think that's what matters and that's what counts. But I did go down a size in clothes. Um, if I go to different stores, the sizes change, but so I'm, I'm just going to say that I'm down one whole full clothes, um, number one size. So I was in the two X, I'm wearing the one X. Um, some places it's just the extra large. However, I don't know if that one X and the extra large are two different things, but that's what I'm in. I did a TikTok. If you guys saw it, where I was just kind of talking about, you know, I went to the store and going to look for clothes in the non plus size section I was confused because I it, <laughs> I felt like everything looked like I was in like the junior section because I'm not used to shopping in the side in this section with the smaller clothes and so I, I had to look around twice like am I in the junior section like you know like the kids section but I wasn't but I didn't buy anything over there I just wanted to go over there and see what the difference was because you know I'm believing that I will be able to at least wear a medium which I how <laughs> my mind just doesn't see it even though I know you know that the weight is coming off and the weight is coming off in total right now from where I was to where I am now it's about where uh, my last appointment before my surgery I mean to where I am now it's about 50 pounds and so you know we're doing good we moving I'm walking all of that stuff it's still interesting. It is very interesting. I'm trying to get to know this body. It's not it's not easy. <laughs> I don't know a thinner body. I don't remember her. I've been a plus size. I, I wasn't gonna like the word plus size, but I've been a plus size woman uh my whole entire life. I think that the lowest I remember me wearing is an 18 maybe a 16 but I don't even remember the 16 I can definitely remember an 18 and that was when I was about 21 um I remember being in an no no I don't remember what size I was when I was 21 I, I probably was like 20 24 when I remember being in the 18 so if I get down to the 16 child I'll I'll probably be crying then anything past that the Lord's miracles, <laughs> because I, you know, it just, it, you know, after 16, don't make no sense to me, I would look forward to being in the 16, shame that like, but, you know, 16 is exciting, a 14, hmm, I remember it was a time when my aunt, um, she was talking about getting some pants, and that she needed to get a 12, and she was talking about how, you know, that was big. Like, she was like, I can get my big button these 12 or something. And I was just kind of in my head, like, if I could wear a 12. And so, you know, that's kind of where I am. But I'm still feeling good. My hair, I've heard a lot of stories about people's hair thinning and stuff. I'm almost at two months. I'm at two months. I think I'm almost at three. And I still haven't had that, thank the Lord, because I don't know what I would do, even though I did shave. I, I cut my hair low, almost to shaving. And I still felt, you know, cute. So if I got to go down to the to the low, I will. It's, it's the 
the phase that I'm in now that's in between like super low and like, you know, ponytail that is frustrating to me. I'm trying to lock my hair. If you watch my TikToks or if you're checking me out on YouTube, you can see that um, there is a journey. I know that some people kind of feel like it's called the ugly stage and that they don't like to show it a lot. I have been, um, I have fallen susceptible. Is that the word? I don't even know. Victim um, to believing that in some spaces like I still feel like I like my hair but I do know that other people think that it's ugly and sometimes I feel self-conscious knowing that other people that I know don't like this phase of my hair and that's a whole nother conversation when we get, get into but my hair is not thinning yet so I'm very happy about that I'm trying my best to get the proteins in I feel like I really try. I rather have beverages, not going to lie to you, um, mostly um, water. I do drink um, teas. Uh, anything that I drink is like hella ice. So if I put some tea in a cup, then it's mostly ice in the cup. And so then it, I wait for it to water down most of the way. So I drink more water than tea is just like a cycle. Uh, but it's still working for me and I love it. I love it. I, you know, I, I think that I showed you all in the last YouTube video, if you checked out my YouTube channel, my pants don't, my, I have jeans that don't fit. So I don't have any jeans. I have one pair of jeans because I bought a pair of jeans to wear to the event. Uh, other than that, they're, but they're like dressy jeans. They're not even just like your regular everyday jeans, but my jeans don't fit. Today, I put on a pair of leggings and those things are all the way up to my bra line. If I don't pull them up to my bra line, they super baggy. So now my leggings are baggy. And so now I'm just like, mm. uh, so this is a little frustrating because I was looking forward to getting rid of my big girl clothes, but I'm also like, this is very expensive because the other thing is that I need bras. And um, so you know, it's, it's a very expensive process because now I feel like when I am out, I look sloppy. And one thing that you got to know about most plus size women is that they don't want to look sloppy because we're already getting scrutinized for being big, but being big and sloppy is even worse. And, you know, I would like to get a date. So I don't want to be out here looking a hot ass mess. But I'm doing my best, and if anybody wants to contribute to my um, cash app, you want to send a couple dollars to help me, you know, at least get some new bras or something, then you can feel free, and, you know, because that, any help would be greatly appreciated. My cash app is, I believe it's It's Me Danny. No, it, it is. It's I-T-S-M-E-D-A-N-N-I. And so, you know, if anybody wants to send me something, I would greatly appreciate it because I don't have, uh, I do not have the funds for all of these changes. And I, this was not an expectation of mine at all. So, it, you know, it's just, um, it's just where we, where we are, where I am right now. So, you know, but I'm still, I'm not regretting the surgery because I can see the changes. One of the biggest things is that my children are like super happy 
watching this weight come off because I have more energy. I'm, you know, hanging out with them more. We laugh and joke and all this stuff. So it seems like it's helping my self-esteem in that way. But it's also, you know, looking at my body and I'm like, I don't know her. And that, you know, and thinking about the cost that it's going to be to, um, you know, get these new clothes. I don't have, I'm not a person who keeps like a big circle of friends, okay? So I don't have a, a big group of people who I could call and say, hey, you have any extra jeans that you don't fit anymore that you just keep in your closet. I don't have that. Um, I, I also don't have, um, I don't have a lot of people who are my size or close to my size that I could call on to be like, hey, let me rock a little something. I, I kind of know somebody who, you know, is a plus size person who probably wears the size that I would need now, but we don't have anywhere near the same style, and I honestly really don't think that I could ask them for anything. So, again, this is all about, you know, my financial situation, and like I said, it's not like the sis is, you know, out here not eating dinners because she broke, but, like, the clothes are not cheap. And if you have to keep purchasing everything, like, everything, it's like the you know my undergarments just are going are getting bigger and you can't wear the you can't be 320 pounds and wear the same undergarments that you can wear when you 220 pounds and it just is the truth and I did not factor that into this situation because again if you have you're new here I went on this journey because I I almost died in 2019. My dad, I I was diagnosed with diabetes and I learned that, you know, part of having the surgery, I would be able to come off my meds, which I have been off of. I have not had high blood sugar, of course, because I can't eat anything, but I, I haven't been trying to risk it or anything, but I, but I haven't had high blood sugar in about five four months. So before the surgery, my my blood sugar was already down. So I'm going to say a month, maybe two months out before the surgery, I already was not needing it. it was, taking the, the medicine for diabetes was actually giving me low blood sugar numbers. And so I was already not taking them. So, you know, that that was the reason and in, in, in trying to do this for health and not trying to do this for the aesthetics, I didn't factor in some of the needs that would go along with the aesthetic change. Anyway, if you want to have this surgery, <laughs> I still feel like if this is something you're considering, of course, do your own research, make sure you talk to your doctors and feel comfortable with your surgeons, but it is not something that I regret doing. And um, I am happy to continue going. So we can keep talking about it. Every time I got update, you're going to get one. Well, everything that hit the fan about these daggone bonnets and everything, right? <laughs> it's everywhere. Uh, I, it's all over TikTok. Everybody, 
is making videos about it. It's all over Instagram. People are talking about it. Every podcast, just about every podcast that I have listened to in the past week has been talking about it. And I definitely felt like I wanted to talk about it as well. So here we go. Monique went on her, I believe it was Instagram Live, but I'm not sure. There was a video that she posted that she was talking about how, you know, since people are calling her auntie, uh, she wanted to give a conversation to the younger generation because she went to the airport. And when she went to the airport, she was disappointed in seeing a lot of the younger girls in bonnets, in pajamas, and in um, slippers. She also mentioned that girls had blankets, but we... I'm going to leave that alone for a quick minute. What Monique was saying was that she was disappointed that women seem to have lost their dignity and their sense of pride and letting their their crown slip by going out in public and, um, you know, pre, not presenting yourself the right way. And I was thinking about it for a minute because I was like, do I feel like... I don't like the bonnet thing, or do I feel like I'm okay with the bonnet thing? And here's my take. There is a, there is a ideal in the, the age group that Monique grew up in where you needed to always be presentable for the white folk. Like, you don't want white folk to be looking at you because they already have a perception of you. You want it to be like, but I'm one of the good blacks because I present myself well when I come out in public, okay? And so the the ideal was that, you know, you don't look undone, you don't look unmade up when you go to the airport, you know, or when you go to the grocery store, where you show up to the school, you have to present a certain way to let white people know that you have class, okay? That school of idealism is fading out because we are now learning as a culture to stop catering to white folk, to just be black in black and stop centering all of the scenes and the standards from a white gaze instead of just being culturally yourself everywhere. And that's one of the most important things here is like, you know, being culturally yourself everywhere. So if bonnets are culturally accepted for us, the reason why people would say that they're not is because we have decided that that is something that is considered low class, okay? Going outside with the bonnet on is low class because what we have decided is that if you go outside and you have on the bonnet or you have on the pajamas, then that automatically means that your hair is not done and you have not washed your body. Okay, and so that's what we have decided. But that is based on the fact that the bonnet and your pajamas were supposed to be inside things that you wore to bed and that you wore to, you know, um, when you were not needed. Like when you get up in the morning, you got your bonnet on, you got your pajamas on, you still got to go head on and jump in that shower and do your hair. But the 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 culture has changed, and these kids 
spend a lot of money <laughs> on the bonnet and the pajamas. Like they're buying, they are intentionally buying these outfits that again, not again, but that I believe that sometimes we misrepresent as pajamas because that's what they look like to an older demographic but these girls are buying these outfits with the intent on being outside like this is a look the 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 look that kind of looks like pajamas is a look and the bonnet is not used for the covering of my messy hair it is actually the covering of my my done hair that I don't want to have the curls fall until I get to the place in which I'm going that is what is happening. And so because that's what it is, I can wear my things. I don't want to have my hair out on the airplane where everybody else's head is touching. I'd rather put my bonnet on that airplane seat. And, you know, when I get to where I'm going, fluff out my done hair or, you know, let my braids down or whatever I'm doing when I get there. But I don't want to put that on the seat because we during pandemic have really learned how dirty the things that we put our body on are. Your perception that I am not clean because you see me in what you call pajamas does not mean that I have not washed my behind. I probably and most likely did wash my behind. And so I don't have to do that. Also, I don't have to come out here and make nobody comfortable. That is one of the newest things that is circulate circulating around the the world, but especially in American culture, I don't have to make and 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 even more specifically in Black culture, I don't have to make myself presentable for anybody else's comfort. And so, you want me to look a certain way because white folk out here looking at us in these airports, or because since white folk have told us what we need to look like, you know, that whole put on your Sunday best, be your your best, be your best. Sometimes I'm mediocre. And when I come in this airplane, if I want to look mediocre, I can't be mediocre. Or if I want to look like I'm preserving my best for later, then I can look like I'm preserving my best for later. And you need to mind the business that pay you, not mine, because I didn't ask you to. And yes, you're going, yes, but I see you. Okay, and this is how I want to present myself. And I should not have to be stuffy, be any other way because it makes you more comfortable. That should never happen. These two things don't have to go together. I can be comfortable and you can be like, oh, I wouldn't wear that and keep it pushing because that's all that needs to concern you. My next point is, it is very interesting to me that Monique would get onto a video to have this conversation while she was not presentable, because whether or not the, the, um, whether or not these young girls are in the airport and you see them, you don't like it, Monique, your video was going out to at least hundreds of people we're going to give it thousands of people and I didn't look at the numbers it could be at this point at least millions of people and what you did was you came to us in your robe sis 
So how you not presentable talking about the need for other people to be presentable? Because when I am walking through the airport, whoever you were talking about, only a couple hundred people saw me. Maybe some thousand people saw me, but they wasn't paying attention to me because number one, I wasn't the only person in that airport that looked like that. And number two, people be in their own world, they don't care about me. But you got your unclothed, unpresentable, looking like you could be getting ready for a shower self on the interwebs and told everybody else that they need to be presentable when you look at them but I'm looking at you and you are presentable for me so how are you there how dare you how dare you have that that the gall to get on anybody internet and and not be presentable and tell me about how presentable I need to be you were comfortable and you felt like because you were in your hotel room that you could be comfortable in your space to have this conversation with me but you wasn't in your hotel room anymore sis once you turn that camera on you were in the world and the world saw you not be presentable while you were discussing other people and then you know what this reminds me of it reminds me of a bill it gives me a bill Cosby-ish vibe you know how Bill Cosby was on there telling everybody about how they needed to pull up their pants and how they needed to talk and who they needed to do and what they needed to be and how they need to behave and all that stuff. And then, and then my man's got to go to jail for, um, you know, I don't know, rape. He was accused of rape. He admitted to drugging people like, mind the business that pay you. Concerned now, I'm not saying that Monique is so drastic that it's right, but it's just like you were calling people out, forgetting that you were doing things and you were not. And Monique, and in Monique's case, she wasn't even doing the thing, the very thing that she was calling other people out for. How dare you, sis? How dare you, auntie? Now, if you don't know, I already have a feeling about Monique because. Um, Monique has, you know, there have been a lots of things like Monique has portray- portrayed the people that she is telling us not to be. And that's not okay that that's who you portrayed and then turn around and tell people what they need to do. You know what I mean? Like that whole ghetto Nikki Parker character that she wanted to play for a long time. Uh, that woman then, no, did she have one on it? No. But it's going to lead me to my next point is that you're portraying what you are telling people not to be. Because here is my next point. The issue that most people who agree with the bonnet thing, if they're not just like, well, it's old school and we got to, you know, white folk out here looking at this. The other issue with that is the mentality that comes along with a lot of the girls, the women, I don't want to call you just girls, a lot of the women who we see with the bonnet, okay? And y'all can go ahead on and feel away. But the mentality that it comes with it is a, um, I don't give a F attitude, okay? And that attitude usually comes along with a lot of other behaviors, which is what makes us feel like we like the bonnet is the problem. And we will attack that, okay? It usually comes with, uh the 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 people that we're talking to not and and let me let me change that this is not usually that is not true but the idea that the stereotype that we think about is this girl that has on the bonnet she got this attitude where she like so what I don't care I don't have to listen to nobody nobody gotta tell me blah 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 and that is what 
is the issue for people is that they don't like the I don't care attitude that comes along with the bonnet, okay? Calling the bonnet and that bonnet look ghetto is, for me, disrespectful to Black people in general. Like I said before, women are paying a lot of money for these bonnets. The, the bonnet that we back in the day, those bonnets were definitely good for, you know, going to bed. But what these girls are buying now, the, these bonnets aren't the same. These are silk line bonnets. They are fashionable. They have designs, you know, they they match an outfit. There, there, there's all kinds of things going on. I know, you know, that there are certain women who sell the quote-unquote pajamas with the matching bonnets and you know like it's a look and again I know plenty of of um, women my my daughter is one of those included who hair be done but I don't want it out yet so they put the bonnet on you know and this whole notion of like oh people ain't going to treat you with respect why why? Why won't they treat me with respect? Telling me that I that I don't deserve to be treated with respect because I have a bonnet on is the same as being when somebody told me before, like, oh, well, because you have locks, you know, people are going to look at you like you're aggressive and that you're going that you are militant. Why? Why? Because I just I will not wear my hair in a, you know, standard of hair that that most people have just adapted because of you know, the caucasity of life. I'm not going to do that. I deserve to still be respected. I was told at some point that I like, it's crazy that I, that I was looking for a promotion when I wear the hair that I wear. Now, this was a couple of years ago, you know, some things have changed, but people with locks still, it's, it still ain't that easy. And, and like, damn, they had to put out laws to, um, let people know, like my hair is okay. And so being being a black person and saying, oh well, you can wear it if you want to, but people ain't gonna treat you with respect. But 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 why? Can somebody explain to me why people should not treat me with respect if I don't come into an establishment, whatever establishment it may be, with my um, Sunday's best on? What's the difference? What is the difference in my need for respect as a person based off of what I'm wearing? That makes no sense. That that mindset is the same thing as like, oh, you know, you get what you get, which is what I saw a woman, a black woman say. And she said that she had on a bonnet. She was like, my headscarf is like my bonnet. But I would not dare come out. You're, you're, there can't be no but, sis. You already said you out here with a bonnet. What is, I don't understand. Help me. Because the woman that I saw in the video that I saw, she had her hair in a headscarf that she had tied up. And I know that I I went to a job where they specifically had a picture of a black woman with their hair tied up in the way that hers was. Then we were not allowed to wear that to our job. So what she was wearing that she was trying to say was an acceptable form, my company was saying that ain't even acceptable. So ain't none of it acceptable. Then if ain't none of it acceptable, then we should be able to wear them. We can wear, we should be able to wear things without 
feeling like we should not be respected as people. Now, will there always be things that people will wear that we would not wear? Yes. But does that mean that I shouldn't be deserving of respect because I have it on? No. And every generation sees the younger generation doing some things, wearing some things, saying some things, dancing some ways, that the older generation is just like, I can't believe y'all out here like this. So speak to your generation. Say, in my generation, we would not do that. But I see y'all doing it, and maybe it'll work for y'all. That's all that needs to happen. Like, going and attacking people to say that they they look dirty, that's, that is an ideal that you have to saying that that's not presentable that is an ideal that you have that you have and to say that you are not deserving of respect because of it is also an ideal those are not truths those are ideals that you have conformed to but they don't have to continue to be everything is different you know it just it was like there was a time when you had to, this, I know this goal, this is might feel like a reach to you, but there was a time when like you shouldn't look like a slave. Why? We were. We were former slaves. And we had to adapt and put on petticoats and all this nonsense that was what the white women were wearing so that we could look like we were presentable to white people as long as we did what white people were doing. But the crazy thing is, is that they keep coming over here. I saw another video, which I believe to be so true, is give it another, give it another two years. And all of the big fashion houses going to be marketing bonus and everybody going to go get them one. That's just the truth. You're going to want to have one with a name brand on it. But because they're, these are entrepreneurial black women who are selling them and making this money, then they still unpresentable and they for the bed. Nothing is for the bed if I don't say it is. I can wear whatever I want to wear where I want to wear it. You can go to burlesque shows and see clothes that should be what we would say is bedroom attire, but they out here. And the people who go to watch those shows will dress up in that same what we call bedroom attire, but they out here. People will go to boudoir pictures studios and wear what we call bedroom attire but you still out here you can take the, the stuff wherever you want to and you still should be respected because you are a person now if your behavior says I don't respect you you may then not receive respect from others but your attire should never dictate whether or not somebody deserves respect. Now, you might not want to sit next to them on a plane. And if you have a plane where you don't have to, then you don't. You may not want to have a conversation with them. And if you decide, they sit beside you and they start having a conversation with you and you wish not to talk, then say respectfully, I am not in the mood to have a conversation. But to say that somebody does not deserve respect and to just say it because, well, that's how it's been. So, and now let's change it. It's been a lot of things that we can now get to changing and we don't. So what's the problem? I don't understand. And I'm, and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm saddened that there are so many people who will still sit around and be like, oh, you need to, you need to behave a certain way to get respect. Not anymore. 
we're shifting that because respect is required because I am I have been born into the universe so because I exist in this world I required respect if I disrespect you then you may feel like you don't want to treat me with respect and that's your own right because you know like I still feel away. Like people still deserve respect. But, you know, if I disrespect you and if you feel disrespected by me because of what I'm wearing in places that don't belong to you, then that is a personal problem. And I can wear and do whatever I want to do. And if I want to show up in a bonnet and in the slippers and in the thing, and this blanket thing, I don't know what sis she talking about. And I don't know if sis had on a full comforter. And maybe she did. Maybe she had a weighted blanket because that's what keeps gives her comfort. I don't know because I didn't see her, so I can't speak to it. But why can't I have my own blanket instead of using the one they put on the airplane that I gotta trust is clean? We didn't seen enough videos about we're going in hotels and all these other things. We just keep on trusting that things are clean. I know this one is, so I'll bring this one with me and I'll be warm on this plane. Figure it out. You mad because you didn't think about it. It's not my problem. That's yours. And so I just think that we need to let go of some of these ideals about what is appropriate and inappropriate to be treated with respect and and, um, viewed as a decent person in the world. And I also think that, you know, Monique shouldn't have got on that daggone video with her pajamas on, tell people, <laughs> telling people that they can't be out in the world with their pajamas on. Like, I don't understand how we did both those things. Like, if you want to be present, if you want people to be presentable, present yourself, sis. And if not, then you are lying because you don't believe what you're saying. You were just bothered because you thought and you don't like their freedom that they have that you don't have and you're not comfortable with and that's a personal problem too but anyway <laughs> you know I this the, the week coming through and um we about to get into the rest of the world uh y'all the world opening up people getting vaccinated many places are not requiring the masks I don't trust it. I still want to wear my mask in places. It's weird when you don't have it on and I'm used to it now. So, you know, I like it. But if you are, you know, going places, just still be safe because even though we're not seeing like these spikes in numbers and we're not seeing, you know, so many people, we're not having the numbers like we did literally a year ago. You still want to be safe. And y'all already know um, I'm out here in social media. I am on TikTok. I am on YouTube. I post stuff on Instagram, Facebook. I mean, you go over there, but I don't know really be over there in them streets because, like, <laughs> that's another conversation. But I really don't go over there that much. But you can go over there if you want to. And find me out here on these internet streets if you want to see more things that I'm talking about during the week. And come back here next week for the you know, episode. Y'all just say stay safe and stay safe. 
and wash your hands. We keep on talking about it, and I don't know why I got to keep telling y'all, but, like, wash your hands. Bye.